0: Hi everyone, and welcome to the Intro to Drama podcast. I'm your professor, Kate Gibbon. This is one of the podcasts that covers the ideas behind the analytical tools we're learning to use in class. You'll have done some reading about these ideas already, and this podcast will hopefully clarify those ideas further. Make sure you're paying close attention, because when we come together in our Zoom call on Tuesday, we'll be using these ideas as a group. The topic of today's podcast comes from David Ball's Backwards and Forwards. We'll be going over chapters four and five today. Chapter four offers some insight into the ways plays start, and chapter five talks about the way plays keep going. These concepts are what you'll use to answer the questions two, three, four, and five in your Hamlet Script Analysis assignment. Feel free to review this podcast whenever you need a refresher on this technique. Let's get started. part of our podcast today, we'll be looking at ideas of stasis and intrusion. These ideas encompass the energy that starts a narrative. For our intents and purposes, the energy that starts the narrative in a play or musical. If we go to the dictionary, stasis is defined as a period or state of inactivity or equilibrium. It's when the world of the play feels mostly stable. Whenever I think of stasis, I think about the opening of the Lord of the Rings films especially the extended edition, where they just pack in so much extra footage. When the first film starts, The Fellowship of the Ring, right? We're just introduced to the Shire where the hobbits live. And this is true in the book too, but I think the film just gives such a striking visual. So that's what sticks with me. And you get this great long montage about who and what hobbits are and how nice it is to live in the Shire and have nice meals with your friends and do gardening and all that. It's pre-industrial, it's a fairly egalitarian society. There's no poverty or hunger or danger. We're just chilling and going to the pub and living in a cozy little house that we can afford. And, you know, occasionally we get to go to a cool birthday party. It sounds pretty delightful, but narratively, it's kind of boring. Nothing is going on. We're just vibing that stasis. And an important question to ask whenever any story any play or musical starts, is what is the beginning stasis? So we ask ourselves, what is the situation of this world? Who holds the power? Who is in relationship with who? Are there any more details of the setting we need to know? And once you've established the beginning stasis, you can start to look for the intrusion. So we know where we are, who we're with, and what the more or less stable situation of our world is. But in order for a story to start, something has to come in and shake up the stasis. Gandalf needs to tell Frodo, it's time to hightail it to Rivendell with that old ring because stuff is about to go down. Something has broken the stasis, this stillness. That's what we mean by intrusion. And that's important to know too. We need to know what starts our story off. You might have heard the term inciting incident. We're going to mostly use the term intrusion and certainly when we're talking about backwards and forwards, but it means the same thing. What incident incites or begins the story? We can think of every single play and every single musical, every single narrative of having a cycle. There's a stasis in the beginning, something intrudes into that stillness and shakes everything up, And nobody likes being all confused and mixed up. People like stability, generally speaking, so they spend the whole play trying their best to get back to the stasis from the beginning. If we're going to keep setting with Lord of the Rings, it's super, super uncomfortable to be traveling on foot for nearly 2,000 miles, bearing full responsibility for the symbol of ultimate doom beset by evil on all sides. That is extremely unpleasant for you. It's a good story, but it's extremely unpleasant for the characters who are living it. So it's a state that's constantly shifting and changing as well, right? It is not stable. And the characters are constantly trying to get out of that instability. And eventually, by the end of the play, the characters do get themselves into another stasis of some kind. And that ending stasis might look entirely different from the beginning stasis. Maybe Frodo is leaving the Shire forever instead of living there happily with his friends, but it's a stasis all right. It's a place of stillness and stability that didn't exist for the duration of the story. So again, that cycle that every play goes through is first stasis or stillness, we're just vibing. Then there's an intrusion into the stillness We're no longer vibing. Then we desperately want to get back to vibing. We are trying hard to get back to that original stasis. And then eventually we arrive at a new stasis. The configuration might be different than it was two hours ago at the beginning of the play. But once again, finally, we're vibing. And we can go through that cycle for every play. In fact, it's necessary to go through that for every play. The process of stasis, intrusion, stasis is at the core of every story we tell. If you've done your reading for events process, you know how in depth we can get with the plot. But the stasis, intrusion, stasis, that gives us a broad overview of what we also know the minutia of. What is the world like when the play opens? What makes the action of the play start? And what is the world like when the play ends? Answer those questions and you have the overarching framework of your story that everything else fits into. In this podcast, we're also going to be discussing the concepts of conflict and obstacle. And I want to be clear for just a second, when I say play, you can take that as shorthand for play or musical. These rules apply to both. So, conflict is a word that shows up with many different meanings when we're talking about theater. David Ball writes about a conflict that underpins all dramatic narrative art, all plays essentially. And that is the conflict between the actor's self and the character they represent. By existing as yourself and presenting a character, a conflict is present that underpins the entirety of the action. Another element of conflict that exists under all dramatic narrative art, so again in all plays, is this idea that people speak because they are in conflict. I need to feel certain that you understand the material we're covering, and so I need to speak in order to share it with you. Maybe you need to tell your roommate or your parent that you're stepping out for a moment so they don't worry when you're gone for a little while. Maybe you need that person you've got a crush on to know that you like them. Or maybe you need to distract the person you've got a crush on from realizing how big your feelings are so you change the subject really fast. All of these obstacles are navigated by speaking. Dramatic language is itself a microcosm of conflict. A character needs something and they speak to get it. So as you may have already started to perceive, these ideas of conflict and obstacle, when we're analyzing plays like this at least, they get all wrapped up together because plays are predicated on action. Very rarely do we sit and meditate on concepts in plays, like it's easier to do in a novel or in a poem. There are action-packed novels and poems, and there are plays that are more conceptual. But speaking very broadly, we care about what happens in the short span of a play more than we do in another narrative art form, like a novel. So in the play, we have a character, our protagonist, our main person who we're following, and they want something but something else stops them. And the wanting of something, and the thing that is stopping someone from getting it, that is what we look at to understand narrative conflict. It's worth quoting our textbook again here. Ball writes, a play's conflict is between what someone wants and what hinders the want, the obstacle. I've actually got a pretty good sentence to help you understand the base conflict of a play. Definitely write down the sentence if you're taking notes as you're following along. I'll put this in the discussion board post as well. And of course, we'll cover this, or we'll be using this, I should say, in class. And the sentence is this. The main character, so fill in their name, wants blank, but blank. So blank. This is another part of the foundation of any script you're putting up. Think of the ideas of stasis and intrusion as the beams going one way and the obstacle and conflict are beams going the other way. You need to understand both to make the strongest structure. When we're talking about the actual process of script analysis, we also look to establish the type of main conflict that is happening in our story. You may have heard of four major types of conflict in your English classes before, man versus et cetera, David Ball just phrases them slightly differently. So conflict shows up as one of four major types me against myself, me against other individuals, me against society, me against God or fate or the universe or the gods, etc. So we can go back to our sentence we used. Say I'm the main character. I want to get my work done for class tomorrow, but blank. Whatever we fill in the blank, having taken it from the script, what we found in the script starts to give us a clue as to what the conflict is. Maybe I want to get my work done for class tomorrow, but the idea of procrastinating is extremely appealing. That's me against myself. I'm providing the goal and the obstacle. Or maybe I want to get my work done for class tomorrow, But the person next to me, who is in my responsible, you know, pandemic bubble, won't stop talking to me. That's me against other individuals. I have the goal, but another individual is in my way, providing the obstacle. Or maybe I want to get my work done for class tomorrow, but I feel myself called to the civic duty of protesting against injustice, which doesn't leave much time for homework. This particular iteration of the script can be considered me against society. I have a goal. But society is compelling me to show up away from my goal or lastly i want to get my work done for class tomorrow but as yet unbeknownst to me i am fated by the universe to start a logistically complicated quest in about mm, 20 minutes in this case the conflict is me against fate or the universe the obstacle to my goal is far far beyond my control Something very exciting about this process of defining the conflict within a script is it actually allows for a fairly wide variety of interpretations. We can all read Hamlet and our understanding of the action beats within Hamlet should more or less line up. There comes a point when we need to agree with what's on the page, right? But figuring out the conflict opens things up a lot more to interpretation. Does Hamlet need to just overcome his own foibles? Does he need to overcome a corrupt society? Does he just need to kick the snot out of Claudius? I can see reasonable arguments for all of them. Scripts do often tend to lend themselves to predominantly one or two major kinds of conflict, but in some scripts, this can definitely be a part that I find allows for just a little more ambiguity for analysis. So when we're analyzing a script, we ask ourselves, what is the major kind of conflict? And how do I know that's the major kind of conflict? Using that sentence, protagonist wants blank, but blank, so blank can really help you find the answer to this question. You can also take this stop question, what what does the protagonist want, what is stopping them, how do they react, and apply that question at various points of the script. Because of course we can identify the overarching conflict what the character wants versus what stops them from getting what they want. But that overarching conflict also changes a nuance throughout the play itself. If you've done any kind of scene work in rehearsal, I think the ideas of obstacle and conflict really connect to the kind of table work that we often do as actors. The work where you figure out, what do I want in this scene? What are my tactics? What blocks my tactics? right? Considering the obstacle and conflict within a script is a way of extrapolating that microcosm of scene work and taking it out to the macro level and identifying it for the whole script itself. To do it for the Intro to Drama podcast for this week. We talked about the cycle of stasis, intrusion, fight for stasis, new stasis, and how understanding that cycle gives you the foundation for understanding any piece of theater you're working on. We also talked about the way conflict can be summed up as the tension between what our main character wants and the obstacle they face, what gets in their way. I hope you found this podcast interesting and helpful. I can't wait to discuss it with all of you during our class time. Take care, stay safe, and I'll see you at our Zoom call on Tuesday.